بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين قطز جت سنتر سبديفيجن of the Sheikh Eid bin Muhammad Al Thani Charity Association is pleased to present to you this series of lectures from the book entitled Minhaj Ahlis Sunnah Wal Jama'ah Fil Aqeedah Wal Amal The Methodology of the People of Sunnah in Matters of Creed and Actions by Sheikh Muhammad Ibn Saleh Ibn Uthaymeen Rahimahullah Take number three In this state, the following topics are discussed Distinguishing characteristics of Ahl Sunnah Biography of the author, Sheikh Muhammad ibn Sali al-Uthaymeen His teachers and writings Also, the meaning of the expression Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah Inna alhamdulillah Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'afiruhu ونعود من شرور أنفسنا ومن سئات عامنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah We praise him Seek his assistance and forgiveness And we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray, and whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone, and that he has no partners or associates, and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is his slave servant and his messenger. <coughs> In this lecture, the third in our series of lectures in the course Al-Aqeedah Islamiyah or the Islamic Creed, we would like to briefly review the topics which we discussed in the previous lecture uh, before going on to the topic for this morning. Last week we mentioned that the linguistic definition of al-aqidah it means to nod or to bind or to fasten to fortify to consolidate or to cement and it to tie something or knot it or bind it fasten it tightly tightly the technical meaning of al-aqidah is a firm unwavering belief faith or creed which is in no way open to doubt in the mind and heart of the one who holds this conviction. Al-Aqidah is the firm and unwavering belief. And this Islamic Aqidah, Al-Aqidah Islamiyah, it refers primarily to the belief, the faith in Allah Ta'ala and that He alone deserves to be worshipped and obeyed, belief in His angels, the divine revelation, the prophets and messengers who were sent to every nation, the judgment day, the day of resurrection, as well as whatever has been confirmed of the unseen and the reports of the previous nation or the future event. Then we said that the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah and the specific title uh, or the title of the book which we are taking in this course is the Minhaj or the Methodology of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah by Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen. Uh, so we said that it is important to explain just who is the Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah 
And we said that there are those who are following the path or the way which the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his companions, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'een, were following. They are named Ahlul Sunnah due to their sticking to the Sunnah and Jama'ah due to their uniting together upon the truth. And they are also known as Al-Ta'ifa Al-Mansura. In this world, they would be the victorious group and Al-Firqa and Najiyah in the hereafter, they would be the saved sect. Then we said that of the important principles based upon which we derive our aqidah or acquire our aqidah. There are a number of principles which we mentioned and we should examine carefully these principles and try to follow them in the acquisition or derivation of our aqidah or our beliefs. The first of them is that the source of our aqidah is the Qur'an, the Book of Allah and the authentic sallallahu alayhi wa of the first generations of the Muslims. And number two, we said that whatever has been authentically reported in the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it is obligatory on us to accept it, even if it was of al-ahadith, al-ahad, and those hadith which are reported only through one or two or a few chains of narrators, as opposed to the hadith mutawatir, which are reported through many chains of narrators. We also said that for understanding the Qur'an and the Sunnah, we look to the anjah of the Salaf al-Sali, that is the righteous predecessors. Primarily, this refers to the companions of the Prophet ﷺ and those who came after them following in their way from amongst the Tabi'een, the students of Sahaba and the students of the Tabi'een, including the famous Imam the great scholars of the Muslim Ummah. We also said that the fundamentals of the deen are all made clear. They were made clear by the Prophet ﷺ. Therefore, no one has the right to bring anything new into this deen, even if they claim that it is good. Also, that we should submit willingly and surrender ourselves wholeheartedly to Allah and the Messenger of Allah ﷺ, inwardly and outwardly and not oppose anything from the Qur'an or authentic Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, neither through analogical reasoning, qiyas, nor by the things of our scholars, our shaykh, our imam, or any other such source. Then we said that the sound intellect will always be in agreement with the authentic text of Qur'an or Sunnah, the authentic revealed text, and there could not possibly be any contradiction between them. But if it should appear to anyone that there is a contradiction between that which is derived by the intellect and that which is revealed in the Qur'an or Sunnah, then that which is revealed always takes precedence over the intellect. Also we said that we should stick to the expressions that are found in the Sharia, in the Qur'an and Sunnah related to Aqeedah and not use newly invented expressions to our describe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or any other matters of belief. Then we said that Al-Utmah infallibility is confirmed for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and not for any other individual but that the Ummah as a whole 
would also be protected from falling into error. Yani if the Ummah, the Muslim Ummah agreed on something, then we are that it would not be error. Otherwise, any individual is subject to error except the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. These are some of the most important principles that we mentioned, just quickly reviewing them. Uh, and this morning we would like to continue uh, discussing the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah by mentioning some of the most important qualities or distinguished characteristics of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Yani how will we know that someone is from amongst the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah? Is it due to their nationality or their language or due to the land in which they were born? No, it is not. But actually, the way to distinguish the people of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah is through those qualities or characteristics which distinguish them from the other groups from amongst the Muslim Ummah who have deviated from the Qur'an, the Sunnah, and the Nihab. The Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, as we said, also known as the Saved Sect, Al-Firqa and Najiyah, and the victorious group, Al-Qa'ifa, Al-Mansa. Despite the disparity which exists between them, they possess certain qualities and characteristics which distinguish them from all others. And from amongst those distinguishing characteristics of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah is that they attach importance to the Book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani they give the utmost importance to the Quran by memorizing it or seeking its explanation. Sunnah of the Prophet the ahadith of the Messenger of Allah is saying as well as his actions and approvals by having knowledge of the Sunnah and the hadith of the Prophet and attempting and trying and making every effort to comprehend the meaning of those distinguishing Sahih from the weak Da'if report distinguishing the authentic from the weak in order to rely upon that which is authentically reported and to reject that which is doubtful or weak or fabricated the Book of Allah and the hadith of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, are the source for the acquisition of Al-Aqidah and Al-Sharia for both the belief, the creed, as well as the law. Therefore, the Ahl Sunnah al Jama'ah are most important to the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah. Additionally, the Ahl Sunnah al Jama'ah follow their knowledge with action, that they act in accordance with their knowledge. They don't simply seek knowledge, but they practice that which they know. Also, they enter completely into the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and have faith in the whole of the Qur'an, every part of it, not taking part of it and leaving part of it. They therefore believe in texts which mention Allah's promise of reward of paradise as well as those which mention His threat, punishment in the hellfire. We accept the promises as well as the threat and we believe in all of it. They believe in those texts which affirm Allah's attributes, His characteristics, that affirming them as well as any resemblance or comparison or similarity between Allah's creed. They join between the creed, Al-Qadr, and affirming the possession of a desire, will, and action for the slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani, we believe both that Allah has power over everything and that whatever He has decreed will happen, while at the same time we affirm that the human being does have a will and an ability to execute their will and are therefore responsible for their actions. They also join between knowledge and action, the qualities of strength and mercy, and taking the necessary measures 
in the world to achieve the worldly things as well as renouncing and not becoming totally involved in or absorbed in seeking the world. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Ya Enter completely into the religion, into Islam, into submission, and don't follow the footsteps of Shaytan, verily he is an open enemy. So within the Jama'ah is that they and adhere strictly to the Sunnah and reject all innovation or bid'ah. They reject sectarianism, dividing of the Muslims into groups and sects, and any disagreement in matters of religion. And they, they try to avoid this agreement and instead work hard to bring the people together in cooperation and an agreement based on the truth and the evidences in the Quran and Sunnah. Adhering strictly to the Sunnah and rejecting all innovation or bid'ah. And the fourth important quality or distinguishing characteristic of Ahl Sunnah al Jama'ah is that they follow the guidance of the trustworthy, noble scholars of character, namely or primarily the companions of the Prophet and all those who followed in their way or followed their example, particularly in the Aqidah belief as well as in the actions or deeds and also in their methodology or manner of making da'wah or calling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They remain clear from those who had variance to the path of the companions of the Messenger of Allah wasallam. Whoever holds the way of the companions or contradicted or differed from them, then the Ahl-Sunnah al-Jama'ah avoid such people and instead follow the way of the companions and those who follow their way in all of our, all aspects of our life, whether in creed, belief, or in action, worship, da'wah, and otherwise. The fifth important characteristic which distinguishes those who are really from the Ahl-Sunnah al-Jama'ah from others is that the Ahl-Sunnah al-Jama'ah adhere or stick to the middle position, not going to the extremes. They therefore adhere in matters of belief to a middle position between the sects at either end. And they don't go to either extreme, but follow the middle course, the balanced position that is based upon the evidence of Quran and Sunnah. In acts of worship and in conduct, they adhere to a middle position between the extremists and the negligent. Those who go too far beyond the bounds and those who fall short and neglect the obligations that are upon them. The sixth important characteristic of the Ahl Sunnah Jama'ah is that they strive and make every effort to unite the Muslims upon the truth, to bring the Muslims together based upon the truth, to unify and unite the ranks of the Muslims based on Tawheed, the acknowledgement of the uniqueness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that He alone deserves to be worshipped, as well as the obedience to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The basis of unity of the Muslims is the tawheed, the worship of Allah alone, and obedience, al-ittiba' obedience in following the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And they also strive and struggle to eliminate all causes which lead to arguments and difference from amongst them. The unity of the Muslims is based on tawheed and based on following the Sunnah of the Prophet is a distinguishing quality or characteristic of the Ahlul Sunnah al Jama'ah. From this standpoint, they do not distinguish themselves from the rest of the Muslim nation. The Ahlul Sunnah al Jama'ah do not consider themselves to be different from other Muslims in the fundamentals or the usul of the deen. They don't 
call themselves by any other name, such as the Shia or Sufi or other names that are invented by those who deviated from the way of the Prophet But they refer to themselves by the name which shows that they are adhering to the Sunnah and seeking together uniting upon truth. Nor do they befriend or show enmity towards anyone due to any bond other than that of Islam and Sunnah. Yani our friendship or our enmity, our allegiance or our disassociation is based upon Islam and the Sunnah. Whoever is following the Sunnah and adhering to Islam, then we befriend them and we make allegiance to them and we support and cooperate with them. And whoever rejects Islam and rejects the Sunnah, then we have enmity towards them and we disassociate ourselves from them. The seventh point of the distinguishing characteristics of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah is that they call others to Allah. They make da'wah and they command the good and forbid the wrong. Al-amr al-ma'ruf al-nahi al-muntar. It is a great characteristic of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Calling others to Allah and enjoining good and forbidding evil and wrong. They wage jihad, they revive the Sunnah and they act to renew or to rejuvenate the deen by bringing back the original principles and original practices after they have been lost by the people who invented new ways through bid'ah and various innovations. They establish the divine law, the sharia, and rule according to it in all matters, whether minor or major. The sharia is the law in our life in our home and in the public, in our business, in our family, in government, in every matter, whether major or minor. Number eight, they have equity and justice in dealing with others. They are just in dealing with others. They don't do injustice to others, whether Muslims or non-Muslims. The Ahl Sunnah believe in equity and justice in their dealings with others. Hence, they observe the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in dealing with people, not their own desires or the desires of the group, but they observe that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded of us or required of us al-adl, al-adl, justice in all that we do. For this reason, they do not exploit or wrong others or belittle those who deserve esteem or respect, no matter what they may be. Number nine, notwithstanding the great distances between their land and their time, in spite of the fact that they live in different lands across the earth or in different time periods in history, nonetheless they possess a conformity or uniformity in understanding and similarity in their positions related to the matters of deen. This is from the fruit or it is of the fruit of their possessing a single source, a single source for their deen and a single methodology for their actions or for the acquisition of their deen. Because the source is one, the Quran and the Sunnah and the understanding and practice of Sahaba radiallahu anhum therefore their understanding and their positions are similar even if they live in different time periods or in different lands throughout the earth. Number 10, they show kindness, mercy and good character towards all people, whether young or old, rich or poor, of whatever nation or nationality, Kindness, mercy, and good character is a important, an important characteristic, an important distinguishing characteristic of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Number eleven, they show sincerity, or they offer nasiha to the book of to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, the book of Allah, the Messenger of Allah, the leaders of the Muslims, and the general body of the Muslims. They are sincere in observing the rules and laws and instructions 
of the Book of Allah and obeying Allah and following the Messenger of Allah and supporting the leaders in that which is good and helping and supporting the general body of the Muslims. And finally, of those important distinguishing characteristics of Ahl-Sunnah wal is that they show concern with the affairs of the Muslims. They aid them and discharge their rights and prevent any harm or injury from reaching them. These are some of the important primary characteristics or distinguishing characteristics of the Ahl-Sunnah wal And after this introduction, in which we have discussed in the last few lectures the importance of knowledge and the uh, methodology of the Ahl-Sunnah in acquisition of the creed or aqidah and also the distinguishing important qualities or characteristics of the Ahl-Sunnah Today we would like to begin with the first paragraph of the book which we will study and discourse in the next few weeks the Nihaj, Ninhaj Ahl-Sunnah wal Fil Aqidah wal Amal the methodology of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, the people of Sunnah and Jama'ah, in their Aqidah, their beliefs or creeds, as well as in their Amal, their deeds or actions. And this essay is written by the Sheikh, the noble Sheikh Muhammad bin Sali al Uthaymin, Hafizahullah, the great scholar of our time, who has made a tremendous effort in establishing the correct beliefs and the correct methodology and the correct da'wah to Islam. Before entering the book, just briefly, for those who may not be familiar with the Shaykh Al-Uthaymeen, Hafidahullah, just quickly to mention something concerning his life. His name is Abu Abdullah Muhammad ibn Sali ibn Muhammad ibn Uthaymeen al-Tamimi and Najdi. He was born in the city of Uneza in the Qafim region in the Arabian Peninsula on the 27th of Ramadan in the year 1347, approximately 73 years ago. He was from a famous religious family and he got his education from many prominent scholars like Sheikh Abdurrahman al-Sa'adi, Sheikh Muhammad Amin al-Shanqiti, the great scholar of Tafsir, and Sheikh Abdulaziz ibn Ibaz. Rahimahumullah. When he began to teach, a great number of students from inside and outside Saudi Arabia attended his lectures and benefited greatly from him. He has own unique style of interpretation and explanation of religious issues in which he relies solely on the Quran and Sunnah, the understanding of Sahaba and the sayings of the early generations of the Muslims. He is from among those scholars who serve Islam without any type of religious prejudice and those who keep themselves away from the limitations of taqlid or blind following. He is distinguished in his great exertion of effort or each he had in religious matters and analogical deduction, qiyas, which clearly prove the religious understanding he possessed and his correct usage of the fundamentals of the deen, the usul deen, usul fiqh. Yani Sheikh Muhammad is very well known for his ijtihad and his ability to extract or distract from the text of Quran and Sunnah the rulings that apply to the daily matters of the Muslims of Wuhan. In giving religious verdict fatawa similar to his teacher Shaykh Abdulaziz bin Baz, rahimahullah, his rulings are based upon evidence from the Quran and authentic Sunnah. He has about 50 compilations to his credit, of which we will mention a few 
uh, here this morning. Presently, he is teaching Usuluddin or the religious fundamentals at the Sharia, the, divine, the law faculty of Imam Muhammad ibn Saud, Islamic University, the Qasim branch. He is also a member of the Senior Scholars Committee of Saudi Arabia and is the Imam and Khatib or the one who gives the khutbah in the Grand Masjid of the city of Unaydah. Some of the writings of Sheikh Uthaneen which are very important and well known Usul Fiqh uh, in the study of Usul Fiqh Al-Usul Al-Mu'l the fundamentals or the principles upon which the rulings of Islamic law are based. In the subject of Mustalah Hadith he has also a small essay entitled Mustalah Al-Hadith in which he explains the basics related to the science of the technical terminologies related to the study of Hadith. In the subject of Hadith itself he has a very important explanation of the famous book Riyadh al-Salihin by Al-Imam al-Nawi rahimahullah and that book, the explanation of Riyadh al-Salihin has already reached 8 volumes and it has not yet been completed. In Aqidah, he has two times in which he has given the sharp explanation of the famous book of belief, Al-Aqidah, Al-Waqatiyah by Shaykh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah. And also in Aqidah, he has an explanation of the famous book of Aqidah by Imam Ibn Khudamah, Lumat al-Atiqad, Al-Hadi ila Tabeel al-Rashad. And also he has an explanation and summary of the book of Aqidah by Shaykh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah, Taqrib al-Tadriyah. Additionally, in legal rulings, he has many, many volumes of Al-Fatawa and in Tafsir of the Qur'an, he has the Ahkam in Al-Qur'an Al-Kareem any rulings or laws which are derived from the Qur'an in which he has already completed uh, Al-Fatiha and Surah Al-Baqarah. Some of his writings have also been translated into English such as the Muslim belief, Aqil Al-Sunnah wa Jama'ah which is a small essay explaining the fundamental pillars of Islam or the pillars of Iman what are normally referred to as the pillars of faith. He also has a small explanation, Sharh Usul al-Iman, explaining the fundamentals of faith in some detail. It has been translated by Dr. Salih al-Salih. He also has a fiqh, the natural blood of women, which has also been translated by Dr. Salih al-Salih, related to the legal rulings and matters of the menstrual cycles of women and the things related to it. He also has Uquq Da'at Ilayha Al-Fitra Wa Karraraha Al-Shariya That is those basic rights or those rights which the, uh, nature, the nature of the human being calls to and requires and have been affirmed by the divine law Al-Shariya He also has a small essay which uh, was translated in England by Dawood Barbank Athar Athar Al-Ma'afi Al-Fardi Wal-Mujtama'a the ill effect of sin on the individual and on the society. He also has concerning the, the topic of Al-Qadr al-Qadha, an essay entitled Faith and Predestination, Al-Qadr al-Qadha, which has been translated by Sheikh Suhaib Hakim in England. And he has also shared in a book of Islamic fatawa regarding women, uh, containing the fatawa of Sheikh Abdulaziz bin Baz, Sheikh uh, Abdullah ibn uh, Jibreen, and himself, Sheikh Muhammad ibn Khalid Uthaymeen, translated by Jamal Zarbozo in America. And he has many other essays, including how to perform the rituals of Hajj and Umrah, Sifat al-Hajj wa Umrah, which was translated by Hamza Richardson. These are some of the books of Sheikh Muhammad ibn Khalid Uthaymeen, which have been translated into English and are available. Whoever may make access to them will benefit greatly, insha'Allah. The Sheikh begins his essay, Min Hajj Ahd Sunnah wa Jama'ah, 
العقيده والعمل the methodology of the Ahlussun al-Jama'ah and their creed, beliefs as well as in their actions and deeds. By first praising Allah and seeking refuge from Him and seeking forgiveness from Him and turning to Him in repentance. Uh, he praises the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and then he begins by mentioning the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Ya وَبَكْثَ مِنْهُمَا رِجَالًا كَثِيرًا وَالنِّسَاءُ وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ الَّذِي تَسَالُونَ بِهِ وَالْأَرْحَامِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ عَلَيْكُمْ رَقِيبًا From Surah Al-Nisa, chapter 4, verse 1, O mankind, have taqwa, fear of your Lord, who created you from a single soul, and then created from that soul, it makes, and then he spread out from those two many men and women. And fear Allah, through whom you demand your mutual right, and keep the ties of the wombs or the ties of relations uh, for verily Allah is a watcher over you then he mentions the saying of Allah and direct or that which is correct and straight يُصْلِحْ لَكُمْ أَعْمَالَكُمْ وَيَقْصِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَمَيُّكِعِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدَ فَادَ فَوْزٍ عَظِيمًا that whoever does so Allah will make your deeds correct and hold and right and He will forgive you your sins and whoever obeys Allah and His Messenger has indeed achieved a supreme success. And this ayat is a very important ayat that requires some reflection. Let us suffice to say that here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made us to know that the real success, the great success, which is not the success in business or worldly things, but the success of entering the paradise, it is achieved through obedience to Allah and the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam وَمَنْ يُتِعِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدَ فَازَ هَوْزٍ عَظِيمٍ Whoever obeys Allah and His Messenger has definitely achieved the supreme success. The Shaykh begins the first point or the first topic which we covered in our introduction but perhaps the way he mentions it here may be slightly different so we will go through it uh, and repetition insha'Allah is beneficial so that we may understand these very, very important points. Al-Murad ahl sunnah wal-Jumaah wa bayan tariqatahum or tariqahum wa bayan tariqihim Here the Shaykh says that what is the intended or the intended meaning of ahl sunnah wal-Jumaah and the clarification of their way. And he will discuss in this essay the clarification of the manner or the way of ahl sunnah wal-Jumaah number one in reference to the tawheed of the names of Allah and His characteristics. Asma'ullah wa sifati. The Tawheed, this aspect of Tawheed, which deals with the uniqueness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in possessing the most perfect names and the most perfect praiseworthy characteristics. That Allah is unique and alone in the exclusive right to possess these names and characteristics. So the first point that the Shaykh will mention uh, is what is the manner or the way of Ahl Sunnah Jumaah related to the Tawheed of Asma wa Sifat? As we know, many of the scholars divide Tawheed into three aspects Tawheed al Rububiyyah, which is related to the Lordship of Allah, that He alone is the Creator, the Possessor, and the One who has control of the affairs of the universe. And number two, Tawheed al Ubudiyyah or al Uluhiyyah, that Allah alone is the One who has the right to be worshipped, and no one else should be worshipped along with Him. And the third aspect of Tawheed is the Tawheed of Asma wa Sifat, which the Shaykh will mention. Uh, the manner of Ahl Sunnah Jumaah or the way related to it in this ethic. The second point that he will deal with is the manner of Ahl Sunnah Jumaah in ibadah, in worship, and avoiding innovation. And the third point is the manner of Ahl Sunnah Jumaah related to the right of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa The fourth point, the manner related to the right of the Sahaba, the companions of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and number five, the way of Ahl Sunnah Jumaah 
related to the right of the awliya and the ahimma, those who, the friends of Allah, those who are near to Allah, who believe and who have taqwa and the imam for leaders of the Muslim. Number six, the way of Ahl Sunnah al related to the correction of the society. And number seven, the manner or the saying or the opinion of Ahl Sunnah al related to the topic of Al-Iman, faith. What is the way of Ahl Sunnah al related to Al-Iman? So these are the points that we will cover in this essay. Uh, the the, the Shaykh begins with what is the intended meaning of Ahl Sunnah He said that the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, they are those who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has guided to hold the right opinion and the correct position in the matters about which the people have differed. Yeah, and when the people differed in the matters of deen, the people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided to the right opinion and the right position, they are the Ahl Sunnah Jama'ah. And Allah guided them due to the fact that they stuck to his sunnah, to the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu and the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Here the Shaykh says that Allah guides whoever he wills to the straight path. And, and, and we know that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa was sent with the guidance, al-Huda, and the true religion, deen al-Haq. And that guidance, it is the way which does not contain any error or any deviation. This is the huda or the guidance that was brought by the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the deen al-haq, the religion of truth, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent him with, it is that deen which has no crookedness in it. It is straight and upright, the correct way. The rest of the people, or the people remained after the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his soul was taken by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the people, in his time remain on that guidance and the religion of truth they remained on it on the straight way the correct way and even most of the people remained on that way during the lifetime of the Khulafa Rashidin that is the rightly guided uh, Khalifa Abu Bakr wa Umar, Umar Uthman and Ali radiallahu anhum ajma'in in the time of the Prophet sallallahu the people remained on that way and most of the people in the time of the four Khalifas also remained on that true guidance and true deen. However, after that, the people were separated and divided to a great extent until they separated into 73 sects or groups and all of them would be entitled to, except by Allah's mercy, all of them would be entitled to enter the fire except one. And that one is the one we're following the way following in the steps of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and following in the steps of his companions radiallahu anhum ajma'in and this has been mentioned in the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam which the Shaykh will mention further on that the Muslim ummah would be divided into 73 sects and all of them except one al-firqa al-najiyah, the saved sect all of them except one would be in the fire and of course this doesn't mean that they would be permanently in the fire Allah may forgive whomever he will from amongst those who died on Tawheed perhaps they won't enter the fire at all but they deserve to or out of his mercy Allah will take them out of the fire at some point after their due just punishment if they have died on Tawheed believing in Allah alone so uh, all of those groups deviated to some extent or another and all of them deserve to be punished except one and that one is the one who remains upon the path of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and his companions. For this we say 
that this group which is saying it is the Ahli Sunnah al Jama'ah. And this description doesn't require a lengthy explanation because we know that the Ahli Sunnah al Jama'ah are those who are standing upon the truth. They are those who held fast to and adhere to the Sunnah. And they are those who united themselves upon the Sunnah and the truth. And we can hardly find any group other than the Ahl Sunnah Jama'ah except we find that they are far, far away from the Sunnah to whatever extent they began to innovate and bring innovations or bid'ah into the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to the extent that they invented new ways, to that extent we find all of the other groups deviating and straying far away from the Sunnah. We can hardly find any group except that in their creed and their belief and their way that they are separated and divided even amongst themselves from one group to another into subgroups and many 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 divisions except those who stuck to the Quran and Sunnah and the way of the Sahaba for this reason Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Surah Al-An'am chapter 6 verse 159 إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَرَّقُوا دِينَهُمْ وَكَانُوا شِيعًا لَسَّ مِنْهُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ That verily those who divided up their religion, who separated themselves into division, they divided up their deen, and they broke up into sects and groups, لَسَّ مِنْهُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ Then you have nothing at all to do with them. The Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the Prophet, that those people who divide themselves and separate themselves, you have nothing to do with them. إِنَّمَا أَمْرُهُمْ إِلَى اللَّهِ Verily their affair is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remind them and inform them, that is on Yom Qiyamah, of what they have done in separating themselves and dividing up their religion. So this separation and division, it is contrary to what is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whoever does so, Allah said that his prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa has nothing to do with them. Therefore, there is no need to make a lengthy explanation further than this of Ahl Sunnah al-Jama'ah, because this expression or this title it is very clear it, is, it has a clear indication of who these people are and what they are upon uh, in that they stick to the sunnah and they unite upon the truth so here the shaykh says that from here we will discuss uh, the points that are related to the methodology or the way of the Ahl sunnah and jama'ah and those things which uh, are of utmost importance in understanding in those things that the people deviated greatly in to avoid the deviation of those who came before us and to know the way of the Sahaba and those who followed their way the Sheikh now begins to explain the important points uh, that need clarification and clarify the correct position and what was the manner and understanding of Ahl Sunnah and these things the first point that the Sheikh mentions is related to the Tawheed of Asma or Sifat and perhaps we don't have time to complete it, but maybe we'll just take the first paragraph or so, in which the Sheikh says that the Ahl Sunnah al Jama'ah, their way or their manner concerning the belief in the names of Allah and His characteristics is that whatever has been confirmed of the names of Allah and the characteristics or qualities of Allah, whatever has been confirmed in the Quran. And whatever has been authentically reported from the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam It is in fact the truth And it should be understood that its reality 
is what it appears to be. Yani the apparent literal meaning of the names of Allah and the characteristics of Allah that are mentioned in the Quran and Sunnah is what we affirm just as it is without interpretation or negation or comparison or emptying those characteristics of their meaning. We have no need of the distortion of those who distorted the names of Allah or the characteristics of Allah. Because this distortion, it is based on either one of two things. The people who distorted and reinterpreted falsely the names of Allah or the sifat or characteristics of Allah, they did it for one of two reasons. Either due to poor understanding and because they didn't understand properly or due to evil intentions. Yani, they distorted the names of Allah and the sifat of Allah either by falsely reinterpreting them or negating them or denying them or making comparison due to one of two reasons. Either because they understood improperly or because they had from the beginning evil intentions. Those who misunderstood, it is because they wrongly thought that if they affirmed the text that which came in the Qur'an or Sunnah, the ayahs of Qur'an or hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, which mentioned the names and sifat of Allah, that if they thought that if they affirmed these characteristics for Allah, these names or sifat for Allah as they appear to be, according to the literal meaning, they thought that they would be making comparison between Allah and His creatures. And they thought that if we say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has eyes, or that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had hands, or that Allah has a face. They thought that if we affirmed this, that we would be making a comparison between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the creatures who have eyes, or who have hands, or who have faces. For this reason, they began to reinterpret those characteristics which Allah affirmed for Himself in the Qur'an, or which the Prophet sallallahu affirmed in the authentic sunnah. They began to distort their meaning and reinterpret them to say that hands, it doesn't mean really, Allah doesn't mean that He has hands when He says He has hands, He means something else. It's not possible that He could mean hands because human beings have hands. Therefore, if we say that Allah has hands, we will be making a comparison between Allah the Creator and His creation. This was due to their misunderstanding, due to the fact that they didn't understand a very important principle, and it is that we should affirm whatever Allah has affirmed for Himself, and Allah knows best about these things. But while we affirm these characteristics, these expressions, which are similarly referring to the creatures, we also negate the possibility that the reality of those characteristics for Allah is different than the reality of those characteristics for the creatures. Yeah, and we affirm those characteristics for Allah in a way that is suitable, fitting, and proper for the divinity, the glory, and the greatness of Allah. And we affirm those characteristics in a way that is fitting and suitable to the imperfection of the creatures. Also, the other possibility of those who distorted the sifat of Allah is due to the fact that perhaps they didn't misunderstand, but in fact they had evil intentions. And it was their intention to distort the characteristics of Allah in order to cause confusion amongst the Muslims and to divide the Muslim Ummah into sects and groups so that the unity of the Muslims would be broken. Uh, the Shaykh goes on to say that the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah concerning the names of Allah, concerning the names of Allah, and here he talks about two points here, the names of Allah and the sifat of Allah separately. Concerning the names of Allah, he said that we are to believe in whatever Allah has named Himself with. And we are to believe in whatever Allah has described Himself with. Whether in His book, Al-Qur'an, 
or in or on the tongue of his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Whatever he has named himself with and whatever he has described himself with, whether in the Quran or in the authentic sunnah, it is the truth. And its reality is according to its apparent literal meaning. There is no need to destroy its meaning or to reinterpret it. And it is not possible to understand from those names or those effects which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has affirmed for himself, it is not possible to understand them in any way except in a way that would be suitable to the majesty and glory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whoever understands them in some other way, then it is due to their own misunderstanding. But we should understand whatever Allah said about himself in a way that is fitting for the glory and the divinity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whoever understands what Allah has described himself with or named himself with in a way that suggests a defect or a shortcoming or imperfection for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they have misunderstood. And whoever understands it in any way that requires that they make a comparison, similarity or example between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the creatures, then they have also misunderstood. But if we follow the right and the perfect way of the Ahl Sunnah Jama'ah, then we'll be saved from deviation and distortion in the name of Allah and the sifat of Allah, the name and characteristics of Allah. Therefore, we would only affirm for Allah what He has affirmed for Himself or what the Messenger of Allah وسلم, has affirmed for Him and in this way we would not deviate nor would we fall short. This was the way of the Ahl Sunnah in the names of Allah and the sifat of Allah and it is, it is referred to as Tawqifiyah. It is referred to as Tawqifiyah. It means that we don't refer to Allah by anything except what He has referred to Himself by. We don't name Allah with anything except what He has named Himself with. We don't add to it, nor do we take anything from it. We name Allah with what He has named Himself, or what the Prophet ﷺ has named Him with, and we describe Allah with what He has described Himself with, or the Prophet ﷺ has described Him with, without adding anything to it, or taking anything from it. Yani stopping and relying completely upon the text, the revelation of Qur'an and Sunnah. And this is referred to as Tawqifiyah. And this is the first principle which the Shaykh mentions. And here we will stop. And inshallah, uh, in the next lecture, we will continue this point, the minhaj of the Ahl al-Sunnah concerning the Aqidah or the Tawheed of Asma wa Sifat, the principles uh, related to it and the evidences, along with some examples. And inshallah, we'll also compile concerning this point some notes that you'll be able to follow and review, inshallah, in order to help you to understand it. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika, ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta, astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. If there are any comments or questions or corrections, uh, perhaps we may take them quickly, uh, or otherwise we may put them in writing for the next lecture, inshallah. From your brothers of Qatar's guest center, a subdivision of the Sheikh Eid bin Muhammad Al Thani Charity Association. Telephone number 4862390. Fax 4862358. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.